You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. We're here live at the Sandia Sports Bar. A lot of folks already here because we've already got baseball on. Phillies lead the Braves 1-0. Bottom of the first, so it just gotten started. And then we got Monday Night Football later on. There's 50 screens here. A beautiful view of the mountains right now. Great food. What more could you ask for? I'm Joe O'Neill. Scott Galetti alongside Sam Hauser back in the studio. And joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing Heating, Air Conditioning, Cool Take Hotline is our coach, David Williams. So you and Scott back in the booth on Friday. I'll tell you, got a lot of kudos, man. It's kind of like riding a bike, huh, Coach? Uh, you and Scott just get right back at it, and you had a pretty good game between uh, Elder a, a tandem bike, in fact. It was... A that, oh yeah, that. Thanks for that visualization. Now, who's who rides up front? Is it Always Scott? Always Scott. Or is that you? Always okay. Scott. And then you. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, go ahead, Coach. Well, it's okay. uh, you know it was good to be back on the air and and know that we were broadcasting a good game and uh, everything's nice at Wilson Stadium and it was great. A great crowd, I thought. I mean, you know, the 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 east side was actually Eldorado fans. We're used to seeing Eldorado fans on the west side, but Sandy was the home team. And hope you got a chance to see how many uh, people were on that west side. So uh, a really neat night for uh, high school football. All right, we'll talk more high school later, but let's get into this uh, Lobo uh, San Jose State matchup at four o'clock on Saturday. A big big weekend of sports here in town. So. Uh, I asked Sam, I'd rather ask you this because you had more experience as a coach. Like, is there any way that, like, the Lobos maybe could have, you know, waited a couple weeks for that bye week? I mean, it seemed like things were progressing week to week. Now they got uh, a week off. They get a week off as they get ready for San Jose State. And Sam mentioned, like, having a bye in week five is, is relatively early in college football. Your thoughts, Coach Williams? I think most coaches would prefer there was never a bye. Um, they like things to be in a routine. They like the players to expect what's going on. Uh, but as long as everybody is going to have a week off, uh, I don't know that there's a pure advantage unless maybe you had a really successful season. We're looking for a conference playoff uh, maybe toward the end of the season gotcha. for resting up from some injuries. But uh, it really doesn't matter. I got gotcha. you. And, well, actually, when we talked to Coach uh, Danny Gonzalez about it, the first thing he said is it gives us a chance to get out and recruit. Uh, you know, oh. like, so, so while they gave the guys some time off, I guess that's where the value comes in is, is getting everybody on the road, Coach Williams. Yeah, I, I, I would think that the recruiting never ended it, but uh, it would give your coaches an opportunity to get to be seen, to see the UNM yeah. logo. Uh, to get to a high school game and and see some kids live, yeah, for sure. All right, so um, I, I you probably have no idea on this, but um, we just looked and we were all surprised. San Jose State a, an eight point favorite over New Mexico. Uh, does that surprise you uh, to any degree, Coach Williams? Very much, you know. And I thought it was a I thought it was a really interesting weekend for the Mountain West because um, San Jose. Uh, really did a good job against Boise. I mean, it was right yeah. there, right down to the wire. And I think that gives other teams hope because uh, San Jose State's not exactly been a, ju- a juggernaut, and yet here they are 
competing with Boise State, traditionally one of our top three teams. On the other hand, I thought it was great that Wyoming and Fresno State uh, had such a good game and went down the wire, and Wyoming won it. Two weeks ago, Wyoming played New Mexico, and we were one onside kick away from making that a tie game. And I, I hope that everybody realizes, our players especially, that you know how tight the Mountain West games can be. And if you play four quarters, a, a lot of good things can happen. All right. Well, uh, the quarterback you got. Uh, you've seen San Jose State uh, a number of different times. Shevin Cordero. Uh, yes. Remember him? He's been around forever. It's one of those he, where when is he finally going to move on? Right. Uh, right. They, you know, kind of uh, like need to have a guy who's got a little bit of uh, profile to him, uh, starting a quarterback for the other team when you got your team and Cody Hopkins giving it their best shot for New Mexico. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's always interesting. You know, you definitely have to have the roster nowadays to find out who's playing for whom. But uh, I, it, you know, the game is so much quarterback oriented now that uh, it's terribly interesting as to see who's going to be there and how they're going to how they're going to perform on that night. And uh, what a great setting it should be uh four o'clock start out there at university stadium all right so uh getting back to the high school scene here you know we keep talking about how these races for basically second place in these different districts uh are going to play out and they'll be important for seedings and such and that's kind of evolving right coach and a couple of you know farmington got a big win over west mesa go go through some of your observations from high school well i think that uh one of the things that's interesting is that you know getting there, there was a time when there was only one team that was selected out of each conference. There was a time when it was the top two teams in the district that made it. And so now it's a matter of winning as many games as you can and placing yourself in your district as high as you can so that you can get a good spot in the seedings where they're going to take 12 teams. And so uh, a game like Farmington, where they got after West Mesa really well and established you know, their... Uh, their place in a possibility of the playoffs, and yet on the other hand, we had El Dorado that could not uh, come up with a win with Sandia. Sandia moves up; they are they're going to be in the playoffs now, and because they've won games and they've beaten these other teams that might be threats to them. Um, so, so that's what happens. And all of these teams down the stretch, everybody is going to play teams that they want to finish higher than in their own district. Because if, if, if I uh, can explain it well enough, a team, irregardless of their overall record, cannot be placed higher in the seedings than someone that finished higher than them in, in the regular district. I hope that makes sense. But it does. Um, it does. it's important yeah. that you... It's important that you uh, continue to play well and win games because down the stretch, you know, a lot of things could happen. And what the kids know is, let's get into the playoffs. Coach Williams, you know, it's one of the things we, we seem to talk about every year for high school football. And you know, looking at some of the games over the weekend, you see a team like Manzano able to put up 42 points. Do you, do you get the sense that we're getting any closer to a place of having a real parity conversation within high school football in New Mexico? Well, we've had it at different times. You know, my experience in New Mexico football is 
there are really good teams that are the cream of the crop. The teams right up at the at the uh, highest level play really well and can compete. It just drops off so drastically. And so to answer your question would really take a long time because there's so many things that have to go in to that equity so we can have parity and have good balance uh, in all of the teams. It's, it's For some of the guys, some of those teams, it's a long way off. It's possible, but it would take a real uh, enthusiastic endeavor to get it done. Yeah, there's just so much that, that goes into that. You just like to see teams uh, having some of these competitive games at the right time. Going back to Lobos and San Jose State on Saturday, talking uh, with our coach David Williams, again, 4 o'clock University Stadium. Go back to the New Mexico State game, Coach, and we saw that the defensive ends had some trouble at times setting those edges and allowing room for Diego Pavia to be that true dual-threat quarterback. Going to have to learn from some of that because Chevin Cordero can, can certainly do that as well. A lot easier said than done. What is the biggest challenge when you're facing a dual-threat quarterback and you're trying to teach your defensive ends to be on the lookout really for everything and your outside linebackers for that matter? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of defensive theories about what people want to do about spying a particular uh, player with a uh, an offensive player with a defensive player. Are you going to uh, have your perimeter people on defense attack the quarterback so that he has to give the ball up or hand the ball off earlier than he would like to? Would you like the term is feather? Would you like to have your defensive people feather or just maintain the line of scrimmage? So that that quarterback uh, is is delayed in making his decisions, and uh, you know, but you've got to make a decision, and you've got to go with it. Uh, I would be of the impression that it's the best to attack the quarterback, and and I would say to my player to get after him. That player's you've got to get the quarterback's attention so he gets tired of being hit, and he'll then he'll get rid of the ball. He'll either hand it off or he'll pitch it early, and then everybody can pursue to the ball. So. That's that's my particular approach to that kind of option, dual threat, uh, the run's always a possibility quarterback. I think one of the things we have to remember with this defense is just because the de- the defense is established enough by now, year four for Coach Gonzalez, but not everybody on that defense has been a part of it. In the times that you were a practice coach and just seeing some of these games so far, do you get the sense that there are some guys that are still trying to pick this up on the fly? No. But let me tell you what happens with kids, and the college player is a kid. They, they, if something doesn't go their way, they don't make the play they wanted. They, they get frustrated with not coming up with the, with the tackle or, or, or getting on the pitch or something. They go away from the discipline of their position, and they do whatever they want. Instead of filling in the defense, and there's got to be when when the perimeter, that edge we like to talk about, forces the ball back in where all the help should be coming from, if that help in there has gone someplace else because they thought they saw something or they decided they wanted to have some other play, that's when it breaks down. That's when coaches talk about we were out of we were out of alignment. We didn't fulfill our responsibility. On defense, you've got to be able to have people in the right spots, filling the right gaps, and doing things in the proper technique time and time and time again. You know, one of the things, Coach Williams, that we were talking about the running of Cordero, 
How about 325 yards passing against Boise State? To me, that's impressive on the road, on the blue turf, and a loss. And it kind of scares me against the Lobo D-backs. Absolutely. Um, I think that everybody that goes into a game with New Mexico is counting on the pass game to be successful. Really uh, saying we're going to attack the Lobo secondary and we're going to make them stop us before we do anything else. And a guy like Cordero, you know, it's not like you're out there playing in the secondary. He made a play, and you exhale and go, okay, now they'll go back to the run game. Nope, not necessarily. And, you know, we have to convince our defensive backs every play is a pass. Every play is a pass. Irregardless, when you come to the line of scrimmage, it's a pass. And then you recognize and, and adjust uh, accordingly. But if you if he catches people going to the wrong place or thinking nobody can throw it this far or I don't know where the receiver is, he'll light him up. Scary thing about him, his season high was three touchdown passes against USC on the road. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good quality. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's a matter of confidence. It's a matter of kids. See, here's another thing we haven't talked about with, the, with a kid like that throwing. Receivers will run routes full speed when they know if I get open, he'll find me and he'll give me the ball. If a receiver thinks the quarterback's not going to be able to get this pass off or he never throws to me or he's got a favorite receiver, they don't do things full speed, but they know I've got a chance. If I run hard and get open, he'll throw it to me. All right, Coach. Well, we'll uh, have plenty to talk about next Monday when you join us. Appreciate you joining us every Monday. That is our coach, David Williams, here. Uh, it is Team Talk. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Coach Williams. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're here at Sandy, the Sandia Sports Bar at Sandia Resort and Casino. A lot of people have uh, trickled in, but there's still plenty of room here. This place is huge. Great service, by the way, uh, no matter what table you're at. Uh, people are already engaged in this baseball game, which we'll go to at 6 o'clock. Phillies up 1-0 in the top of the second. Have a man on second with two outs. So we'll keep you updated on that game when we come back though we're going to talk to the president ceo of a team that has a chance to clinch a playoff spot on friday night we'll talk to peter trevisani when we come back team talk espn radio 1017 the team